loudest whisper of all time. Ah, yes, you stupid bitch. Ah. <laughs> Little uh, Kinnison there. Hey, what what a treat. Brad, we're back. It us. Happy Thursday. What's up, dude? I'm just recovering from the episode we dropped late Wednesday night that you probably listened to Thursday morning that probably blew your fucking doors off because it blew mine off. A lot of energy. We had uh, El Gars and uh, Peter the Irishman. Peter the Irish guy. Yeah, PS- oh, that's what it is. I'm yeah. sorry. Peter get, the Irish guy there. and El Gars joined us, uh, two of the most electrifying uh, co-hosts in the history of this podcast. Probably the most inebriated hosts in the, in the history of this podcast they, as well. They drank very heavily before coming over here and I while we were recording. They're pretty well spoken for being quite soaked. Yes, yes. It was quite enjoyable. So if you haven't had a chance, if, if you're getting caught up on backdoor cover, I would highly suggest you listen to yesterday or today's episode, whatever. The last one that's out uh, in addition to this one. This one's going to be good. Uh, this one's going to be quite good, actually. We did an interview with Ross Tucker, uh, former NFL offensive lineman, uh, broadcaster, uh, friend of the podcast. He used to join us on uh, the RBP show. He's joined us here on uh, Backdoor Cover before. He was at the NFL draft in Denver, or not Denver, what am I talking about? Nashville last weekend. Uh, he was there covering it for DAZN. Did you know that's how that's pronounced? I did only because they're like headline sponsoring Bill Simmons, and so I hear him talk about it every yeah. once in a while. Otherwise, he, I would not. He is... Uh, Anyway, he we do a little uh, interview with him, and he gives all the insight, all the questions that we had watching the NFL draft. Mostly, is everyone hammered there? And uh, that's what we call a tease. You have to listen to hear it. I would highly suggest you check that out. Another thing I would highly suggest before we get started here, check out the Mind of Micah feed. Uh, we've got podcast up this week with the one and only, the legendary Boosh. God, it Boosh feels good to have him back. is back. Uh, if you are familiar with uh, the Chive or TFM, you know who Boosh is. Boosh is a star. He has his own pa- podcast. It's currently running on Mind of Micah. It's called "How Was Your Weekend with Boosh and Friends." I like it. So it's, it's a long name, but we like it. So check that out. Plus, we had a great uh, Micah's mailbag uh, that Boosh and our friend Connor joined us for. So check out Mind of Micah. Okay, two minutes in. Let's talk some sports. Let's start with the hoops last night. Blazers. 97 to 90 over Denver in Colorado last night. Uh, the Nuggets were pretty clear. They wanted to get the ball out of Lillard's hands and make his teammates score more. He went for 39 in game one, but only 14 on, on five, five of 17. 17 last night. But unfortunately, the game plan backfired as six Trailblazers scored in double figures, led by uh, CJ McCollum with 20 and Cantor, Enos Cantor with 15. So that talk about your all-time backfires. Yeah, that's a pretty good little recap you just ripped off right there. I mean, you got to feel a little bit better. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you got to feel, I, I don't know, you, you got to go in and say, like, we can't let this fucking guy kill us. Which is what they did. And, and they, they, I mean, they executed their game plan correctly. Like, that, what, hap- what they wanted to have happen, happened. Unfortunately, some of the Nuggets players underperformed like they, are, they tend to do. Uh, Murray kind of no-showed, went 6-for-18 shooting. He actually had a strained, uh, I think it's his right thigh or something. He was on an exercise bike for half the fourth quarter. Um, but, yeah, so it's just kind of the same old story. If the Nuggets guards, if, if the Nuggets guards play isn't great or if it's not at least adequate, they're really going to struggle. And, and it kind of showed here tonight. Um, Jokic, Jokic. Led the uh, Jokic led the Nuggets with 16 points, 14 boards, seven assists. 
technically a worse performance than his 37-point game one performance, but still pretty good. Um, yeah, that's kind of the, the the end of the story with this team. If Murray and, and company can't show up and, and kind of carry their weight, they, they're in some trouble, man. And like... They last night looked like they were tired and it finally kind of hit them. The the seven game series against the Spurs where the Blazers had swept in the first round or one in five, Uh, seven hard games against San Antonio. uh, I think it's kind of caught up with the Nuggets and or at least did last night. Murray uh, being a little having that uh, tight right thigh is is not a good sign. Not great. Game three is then Friday night in Portland. Um, so that's 1-1 there. Tonight, there's only one NBA game. Toronto is at Philly. That series also tied 1-1. Toronto is actually a one-point favorite on the road, Why according to our is? friends over at mybookie.ag. Now is the best time to go to mybookie.ag. We're about to talk about every degenerate's favorite event, the Kentucky Derby, later in the show, so you get to hear about that. Go sign up at mybookie.ag. Use promo code BDC, like backdoor cover, and you get a 50% deposit bonus. Pretty good deal. That's free money, my friends. Uh, Yeah, if you want to bet Toronto or Philly, if you think Philly should be favored at home, get on that money line. Here's here's your night. You have any other thoughts on on game three? No. I mean, I I just haven't looked that deeply into what, what the matchup looks like tonight, but I mean... It's just a little bit surprising to see Toronto being a one-point favorite when they lost at home in Game Two. Um, I guess uh, Vegas is playing the zigzag theory. Yeah, they're yeah, which is te- technically the zigzag theory is that they'll, the the Toronto's team covers. So I don't know. Toronto is better. I'm gonna say it. I so I like Toronto tonight. Um, I certainly don't like Toronto to win one of these two games in Philly. Yeah. So the thing. Okay. So I do have thoughts now that I've had a, a second to reflect. It's interesting how Philly has settled in on who's going to guard who on the Raptors. And they've got Simmons basically covering um, Kawhi. Then they've got Jimmy Butler on Pascal Siakam, who is like low-key a star in this series. He's a big scorer for them and was pretty much held in check in game two. Um, There's just kind of some different looks that they're doing. I think they also had uh, Embiid covering Siakam a little bit, which was kind of odd. But they're just doing some interesting defensive scheming, and it's it's kind of caused some problems for uh, for Toronto. So that's kind of my general thought process going into this: is that Philly's done some interesting things from a strategy standpoint, and I'm interested to see how it kind of plays out in like a second game, kind of like on a longer term scale than just a one game execution plan. So we'll there you see. Go. You know what else we'll see? What will we see? You'll see me wearing Free Fly apparel because Free Fly is the fucking best. I got news for you. I'm wearing Free Fly. Oh, you are. This is my I, shirt. I got news for you. I'm wearing Free Fly shorts right now. Wow, too. we're we're doubled up. This shit. I haven't taken it off since I started since they sent it to me. The shorts and the shirts are awesome. Man. Yeah, and the hat. Yeah. Anyway, Free Fly. When you're outside doing your favorite activity, the last thing you want is a sticky plastic shirt shirt weighing you down. Everybody knows that. Wouldn't you rather wear something that's extremely comfortable, performs great, and won't hold you back? I would. No shit. Of course you would. That's why two siblings, a Montana fishing guide brother and a Nike designer sister obsessed with the outdoors, teamed up and made it their mission to create the most comfortable shirt in the world. That's a power tandem. Yeah. They create a brand to give like-minded weekend warriors natural, comfortable men's and women's apparel that they've always wanted and needed. Uh Freefly is designed for outdoorsmen and outdoors women who won't settle for uncomfortable clothing. This stuff is 
I'm looking at Brad in this shirt. You look quite comfortable. It's super soft. It's awesome for wearing outside. It's super lightweight. It's cool. If you're if you sunburn easily and you like doing outdoor activities, yeah. you can wear these long sleeves. In to the go, heat, it's not so hot. Yeah, yeah. go do shit. Uh, you could you could I could see uh, I could see someone uh, mowing their lawn in one of these shirts. It, it, there's designed for fly fishing, but it's really best in my opinion for Muni golf. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I I will not play golf without these uh, without free fly on. The shorts are awesome. The colors um, are really like natural color palettes, which clean simple design. Easy stuff. We are all in on free fly here at Backdoor Cover. And the clothes uh, embody the versatility you crave wherever life takes you. Perfect tops and bottoms for setting sail, casting flies, or just having a good time on the beach or at the neighborhood docks. Uh, because free flies bamboo has natural UPF sun protection to keep you cool on and off the water. It's uh, it's our go-to uh, for outdoors evenings or outdoor daytime. Anything. Really? We're just free about anything. We're really wearing it. If you want to be comfortable, this is your thing. So here it is. It's time you stop being uncomfortable and tried out Free Fly's bamboo clothing. Mother's Day and Father's Day are right around the corner. Gear up for mom and dad. Uh, if you've got active parents, this is the best thing to get them. You can get 20% off when you visit freeflyapparel.com and use promo code BDC. Uh, that's 20% off freeflyapparel.com, promo code BDC. All right. Let's uh, let's talk to my good friend, our good friend, Ross Tucker. Ross, uh, NFL offensive lineman, uh, professional broadcaster, and uh, all around great guy. Really smart guy. Ivy League, uh, well Ivy spoken. Leaguer. I think he went to Harvard. Uh, and he's he was there at the uh, at the uh, draft. He's got all the answers you want to hear. Here it is. All right, we're here with Ross Tucker. Ross, thank you again for joining us. Welcome to Backdoor Cover. Micah, my pleasure. So you you spent the last weekend in Nashville, Tennessee. You were uh, working the NFL draft for DAZN, right? Is that how I say it? Yeah, yeah. People ask that all the time. Yeah, it's D-A-Z-N, but it's pronounced DAZN. And obviously they've got uh, a lot of fights like the Canelo Alvarez, Daniel Jacobs fight. Uh, but they also have the NFL rights in a bunch of other countries, the NFL hmm. streaming rights. So Japan, Germany, and their biggest one is Canada. So they don't have any NFL streaming rights yet in the U.S., but they're they're big in Canada. So most of the stuff I was doing was going to Canada, but then I guess some of it uh, was going to Germany and Japan as well. Cool. Cool, yeah, It. I heard an interview with uh, John Skipper a couple weeks ago, who's now the president over there, used to be the president of ESPN, and he talked about how they're so international. The name uh, is kind of weird in America, but they're like, international, it, it works fine. Nobody nobody questions it. So, uh, But anyway, I just wanted to get your general impressions. What was that scene like in Nashville for the NFL draft? Well, it was incredible. I mean, in general, Nashville is an amazing city that I'm a huge fan of. Uh, but then in particular for the draft, I mean, it just was the right location in the sense that that whole area, you know, Broadway and Second Ave, you're allowed to just kind of walk around with beers. And I mean, it was like a gigantic party. They don't get a lot of stuff like that. I feel like in the South and Southeast, so they were very appreciative, very excited about it. Um, it was great, man. You know, there's so many college football fans down there. 
and then NFL fans came from all over the place. So it was really, really cool. I mean, there was, even when I landed Tuesday night, there was quite the buzz. And then Wednesday, I went to a, a few different parties. It was amazing. Then Thursday and Friday, I had to work. It's kind of interesting because I was at the front right. of that massive humanity that everybody saw. So, like, all the videos and pictures of how crazy it looked, that looked awesome, but I couldn't see that from where I was because I was like the first person in that whole thing. So I I, I could only see about, you know, 5,000 people deep or whatever it was. But it, it, I mean, seeing the videos and pictures were just incredible. Yeah, I guess they claimed there were 600,000 people that came out over the course of the weekend, which is just pretty wild. Uh, were you in Dallas? Well, it, makes sense. it makes sense just because of the fact that it's free, you know? I yeah. mean, it's free, so... People can go and, and, and be a part of a big event like that. Were you in Dallas the year before? Uh, and I guess they've been in Philly recently, and was it Chicago a couple years back? Uh, have you been on the road for the draft in the past, and, and how did this so, compare? Yeah, so I had been to the draft in New York a couple times. This was actually um, my second year in a row working the draft for DAZN. So I, I was not in Philly. I was not in Chicago. Um, but I was in Dallas and, um, this was cooler just in terms of the open air being outside and the big kind of festival party. Now, you know, from my selfish standpoint, as my, my broadcast position for DAZN was out in like right at the front of the people, like I was telling you. So I kind of got soaked the first night. Like I was, I was breaking down the picks wearing a poncho and I know nobody listening cares. I'm not asking for sympathy, but you know, that part of it kind of sucked if I'm being honest. Well, it wasn't, wasn't your last gig, uh, as a sideline reporter in, in Arrowhead and in, in freezing snow, right? Or what, what was the last game that you did during the football season in just miserable cold weather? It, exactly. It was in Kansas city where I was freezing my balls off. And now the very next gig, I'm I'm getting poured on in in Nashville. So that was a bummer, and that definitely put a little bit of a damper on the first night. But then the next night, the weather was incredible, and the whole thing was awesome. And Saturday looked amazing. So, um, you know, that's the that's the risk you take with having the event be outdoors. But it definitely looks cooler and is a better scene. If it's outdoor, I, I almost wonder if they could, you know, put a, a, a tarp or a tent over the whole thing. But, I, you know, I don't know how you have a tent for 200,000 people. Yeah. Well, so a couple more questions about it. Like, what do you think the ceiling is for this? The NFL is so popular. And as you mentioned, it's just a free event. Like, the sky seems to be the limit. I, I, to me, watching at home, it's a, it's a great television product. Everybody knows that. The NFL draft is amazing on television. As now there's three different networks in America showing the thing simultaneously. It just, I don't, I mean, I guess it's a big party, but it's like, what do you, what happens in between picks for 15 minutes during the first round? What are the people doing? I, and and yeah, it, they so, must be having yeah. fun because they kept coming out. Well, so um, Colleen Wolf and Michael Irvin are there. And so when the networks are talking about the players and or um, going to commercial, Colleen Wolf and Michael Irvin from NFL Network 
are basically like hosting a live show. So they'll interview the kids that are there that get drafted. Mm-hmm. They'll, um, you know, they'll give their reaction to the picks. So they're, they're actually, you know, um, they're keeping the live show going until they say, you know, that the pick is in and then they'll be quiet. And a couple seconds later, Goodell comes out. Plus they've got giant video boards that are showing highlights and, you can hear NFL Network's breakdown of the picks if Colleen and Irvin aren't talking. So that was that was exactly the same um, both uh, both years, whether it was inside Jerry's World in Dallas or in Nashville. The Colleen Wolf Michael Irvin thing was the same. Mm-hmm. So the the question we were all wondering: Are people getting just ignorantly drunk? Or is this more of like a family affair out there? Because every time they did the, the the flyover camera and you see this mass of humanity, they never really got close enough to see if there are people walking around with giant beers like they're in New Orleans. Uh, did you get the feel? I know you're up front, but did you get the feel that people are walking around having just just tanked? Yeah, you could. You, I mean, you could drink as much as you want. Now, I don't know. I don't know how it worked with the rest of that Broadway with all of the honky tonks and stuff, I assume that they were all just open and that people were just going in and out of them, getting beers, using the bathroom, then going back out for more of the draft. I, I assume that the whole thing was just like a big party, but I couldn't see that far back. But the people around me were definitely drinking and some of them were definitely drinking a lot. And that was almost worse. The next night, it was a beautiful night. And all these people were drinking, and I have to be stone cold sober as I'm doing this show. That was almost worse than the rain. I mean, it was like torture to be around all these people. Like, my favorite thing is to drink outside during the day, right? So, to be outside, it was six o'clock, but it was still light out. And that was painful for me because I, I just wanted to have a beer so badly. And I, I'm still convinced that should be my network where. I do everything I currently do, but I do it while I'm having beers, and it's a heck of a lot more entertaining for everybody. And we need to work on that. Maybe, maybe you know, DAZN may not have the same uh, standards as American broadcasters. I, I think you could have had one, could have done one, maybe next year. Um, yeah, well, I don't want to just do one, though. I want to do, um, like, ten. I yeah. want to do, like, ten and see how the show goes there. <laughs> maybe I need to do that on... Uh, on the Ross Tucker football podcast or any of my podcasts. Cause I can, I mean, if it's my own podcast, nobody can stop me. Yeah, from Take it on the road. Maybe, beers. maybe Tuscaloosa or, or Baton Rouge or something. Just go spend a day, a uh, day with a microphone out there and, uh, and a thousand beers. Uh, let me ask you a couple of football questions. Uh, thank you for talking about the, uh, the spectacle of this whole thing. Uh, just a couple of basic questions. What teams made good moves who do, who made moves that make no sense, and because you know, obviously we don't know what's going to happen in the future, but on the on the just on the surface, who made good moves that made sense, and who made moves that seem weird to you? Yeah, well, I think the Raiders um, a little bit of a head scratcher in the sense that they took a guy at four that nobody thought would go in the top ten, and Cleveland Farrell, but. You know, if nobody wants to trade up, what are you going to do, right? Um, you take the guy that you think is the best guy. I also know some people that are skeptical of them taking a running back 
and a and basically a box safety, a safety who's not good in coverage with those other two picks in the first round. And I think that's a fair critique. The worst pick of the first round, I thought, was the Houston Texans taking Titus Howard mm-hmm. from Alabama State. And that's really because they wanted to take Andre Dillard, but that's why you don't want to go into the draft with a huge glaring need. Because if you go into the draft with a huge glaring need, someone's going to jump over else, you and get that guy. Yes, everybody else knows that. So they can, if they want the guy and he's falling, they can just jump over you. And that's exactly what happened to the Texans. So Texans, I thought, were the worst. Uh, I like the Eagles jumping over in front of um, in front of the Texans like they did while we're talking about that. I thought, I thought that was a pretty good move by them. Um, and then I'd also say, you know, if you look at the teams that kind of just sat there at 7, 8, and 9, I thought that was pretty good. You know, I mean, to be able to get Josh Allen at seven in Jacksonville, to be able to get TJ Hawkinson at eight in Detroit, Ed Oliver at nine, you know, for the Buffalo Bills, I thought those were all really good picks. And then uh, I, I guess the answer to this is probably New York, but what GM took the biggest risk? I mean, it's got to be the Giants, right? Is there anybody maybe other than the Giants who took some you know, stake their whole draft to, to one move. Well, I think it is the giants, but I I mean, I'm just so sick of everybody crapping on this kid so much. I mean, I don't even know him. I'm not a giants fan or anything, but I, I literally hope he's success. Like I'm going to be rooting for him just because I, I just feel like it's obnoxious. Everybody that's so anti. So we'll see. Um, you know, I, I think that Kevin Colbert for the Steelers, anytime you move up 10 spots and give up what they gave up, I think that's pretty significant. I, I really do. Devin Bush better be a darn good player for the Steelers. And uh, most importantly, Ross, what was the food like in Nashville? Uh, does the NFL take care of you? Is it better than the catering spread you see at uh, you know at a local stadium each week? It was good. Um, I would just say at the draft itself, it wasn't awesome. Um, And I never thought I'd say this, but like four days in a row of brisket, I was ready for something else. You know, I mean, the last day I ended up getting sausage links and chicken at this barbecue place because I was kind of tired of brisket, which I never thought I'd say in my whole life. Yeah. Well, everyone in Texas knows that brisket in Tennessee is trash. So I'll just say it, you know, even, <laughs> even if you can't say it. Um, Mother's Day is just like 10 days away, a couple weeks now. Do you, I know you take care of, of, of all the mommies out there. you have any tips uh, our listeners for our listeners to enjoy the best Mother's Day ever? A thousand percent. Uh, a buddy of mine um, came up with this company. It's called myfrontpagestory.com he's a newspaper writer and here's the deal you literally talk to a writer for like 10 minutes about your mom or if you're married and have kids your wife whatever whoever you want your grandma any mommy in your life yeah any mommy in your life talk to them for 10 minutes they literally write the story for you 
send it to you. And then all you have to do is frame it, give it to her. And to be able to say to your mom, mom, I want to do something special this year. So I had a story written about you. Like who's able to tell their mom they had a story written about them. It's unbelievable. And it's exactly what you can do at myfrontpagestory.com. Highly recommend. Love it. I love it. Uh, Ross, that's it. That's all I got. Thank you so much for calling. We, we, uh, we're big fans of what you do. Tell the people about all the podcasts that you have uh, on the, the Ross Tucker Football Network, I guess. Yeah, Ross Tucker Football Podcast. If you like betting, even money podcast. Uh, if you like fantasy football, fantasy feast podcast. Uh, there's a bunch of them. So check them all out over at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts are found. There it is. Ross Tucker, really appreciate it, man. Talk to you soon. All right, sounds great. Take care. Let's talk baseball for a minute, Brad. Let's do. And for a minute, I mean like 10 seconds. Very briefly. The Twins beat the Astros 6-3 on Wednesday Night Baseball on ESPN. Uh, we only mention this because if you listen to our previous episode of Backdoor Cover with the Gars and Pete the Irish guy, you know that they are huge fans of baseball. Uh, Gars was a former professional baseball player. Don't call him a semi-pro player because he'll get mad at you. And, uh, and he could probably do something about it. He's a big boy. Yeah, they they talk about Wednesday night baseball. Like it's brought them together as friends. Yeah. So I think what we're going to start doing is recording with them on Tuesday, so they could preview the Wednesday night baseball game. Yeah. Throughout the season. So get let us know what you think about Pete and Gars, and we'll get back to you with more of that. I'll tell you what I think, Brad. What do you think? I love shaving with Harry's razors. Oh yeah. Yeah. Me too. I like the closeness and the the smoothness and the comfortable glide. I have a beard, but I still like to trim up my face, especially get edged up, and, and you want to be as close as you can. And there's nothing like Harry's. There's 10 million people that have tried Harry's. And you can try a you can claim a trial offer by going to harrys.com slash BDC. Why Harry's? Because Harry's founders were tired of paying for, for razors that were overpriced and un, and overdesigned. They knew a great shave doesn't come from gimmicks like vibrating heads, flex balls, or handles that look like spaceships. These are all tactics the leading brand uses to raise prices, and they've done it for decades. Harry's fixed it by combining a simple, clean design with a quality, durable blades at a fair price. In fact, they bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for 95 years. They have 20,000 five-star reviews. Harry's is the real deal. And the best part, their replacement cartridges are just two bucks a piece. That's half the price of Gillette Fusion Pro Shave. That's my favorite thing. I haven't shaved with a dull razor since like, since I started using their service. Like, that's the worst part of shaving is when you've got a, a bad blade. These guys fix it. No doubt. And All Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. So if you don't love it, they'll give you a full refund. So get a $13. I'm sure you've heard about Harry's before. This isn't the first time you're hearing about it. Uh, but now's your chance to uh, to try it out yourself. Get a $13 free value trial set that comes with everything you need. I, I, it may not be free. Let me say that one more time. Get a $13 value trial set that comes with everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. There you go. Including a weighted ergonomic handle. Ergonomic. Ergonomic. There you go. Five-blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, travel blade cover, and listeners of our show can redeem that trial set at harrys.com slash BDC. Make sure you go to harrys, H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com slash BDC to redeem your offer. And let them know 
that we sent you. That travel blade cover's tight. I hate having my thing loose leaf in my uh, dob kit, so that's I'm a big fan. There you go. Yep. Okay, let's uh, onward. Let's talk about something else for men: the Kentucky Derby, and for ladies. Yeah, men and ladies. It's man stuff. It's gamblers. This it's a it's a gamble. This weekend is the Kentucky Derby. It's Saturday. Just in case you weren't paying attention, uh, just another reason which I didn't really realize until today either. So, uh, figure out where you're going to be partying. Put on your seersucker. Let's fucking go this and get your money of- in on mybookie.ag. That's Use right. promo code BDC and get a bonus. If this is the best day of the year for gambling, in my opinion, there's a lot of stuff going on, but this is the best thing to gamble on right here. Uh, is, it, is this the first of the Triple Crown? That's right. First leg of the Triple Crown. God, it uh, just feels like last last week that I was whipping you uh, in in last year's Triple Crown. Remember, I beat you in all three. You did. It felt good. We we had some bets. It was fun. Let's talk a little bit about the race. Let's not very much because we are not horse racing people. You know, although I wish I was. Uh, game winner is currently your favorite at plus 400 roadster comes in at 450 and something called tech tacitus at six at plus 600 tacitus yeah those are your favorites uh some of the names in this field tacitus uh, something like that some of the names in this field war of will shouts to defreeze something called tax which is a good name for a horse um what does that say cutting humor yeah, cutting humor. Maybe it's it's a, a barbershop joke. I don't know. Maximum security is a good name for a horse. Code of honor. There's even a horse called Win Win Win. Long range toddy, which I sure hope is a Michael Scott reference. Uh, game winner is your favorite. Uh, Spin off is good. Country house and Bod ex- Boo Express. I can't tell. Bod Express. I think it's Bod, but yeah, Bod Express with two E's. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not that inspired by the names this year. There's some decent ones. What are you planning on doing for the Derby? You're going to be in Denver this weekend, right? Correct. Are you going to be watching? Maybe. I'm going to try to. I know we're going to a Rockies game one night, and I don't know what time we're going or what day, or if that'll influence it. But if I can, I'm sure we will. I'm going to be with a bunch of bros, so. Are you going to eat edibles? No. I'm going to drink booze, though. Okay. I I, I go the other way. That's cool. I'm not mad at you. It's legal. You know, do whatever you want. To each his own. I encourage you guys to get high. I'm not doing it myself. That's okay. not my thing. Uh, I'm thinking I may go to a derby party at the Four Seasons in Austin this week. That's weekend. a good spot. Yeah. Do you have something to wear? Not appropriate, really. I don't own any, like, seersucker anymore. Which is odd, because we used to be... We used to be seersucker to boys. You know, we, yeah. That used to be... I mean, it was a. It was maybe like a one-year thing, when, and it died pretty hard. We but. went all in, and, and it, it was kind of a mistake. In yeah. retrospect, um, but yeah, so actually, I, I, my white shirt is kind of like Searsucker. I don't know. I, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I like the Derby. I like the gambling. I like drinking whiskey. This is kind of, I mean, it's kind of the last time you want to drink whiskey. During, is this when the mint the julep comes into? Yeah, this is mint julep fashion? season. Yeah. Should I give a recipe for that? I just know the last, the one time that we did this, we had like a, a frat party back in college, Ooh. and we made mint juleps, but. We were idiots, and we put we put like literal mint in them, and everybody just had like this green stuff in their teeth after the end of the party. It was disgusting. Well, you have to use mint leaves. That's that's what I a got mint a julep feeling is. we did it incorrectly because you're not supposed no, to. No, we just did have a mouthful. Of we were green crap. and we were also just mixing the cheapest whiskey in the world with like lemonade like and plastic bottle whiskey. and just tossing a bunch of mint leaves in. That's not how you do it, guys. Let me tell you how to make a mint julep. Let's let's hear it. This is easy. Do tell. You take a cup. Well, there's two. Actually, I have a I have a favorite way. 
Okay. Go buy a bottle of whiskey. Okay. And go to the store and buy a, a bunch of mint leaves. Like, just go buy a, a package of mint leaves, or if you're growing, you're probably not growing mint if you're listening to this podcast. Just go pour out, like, two shots of whiskey. Okay. And, uh, you know, pour that on ice and drink it. Do that at, like, 10 o'clock in the morning tomorrow. Then take the take all that mint and shove it into the whiskey bottle. Okay. Then give it, like, a big shake for, like, two minutes. Put the lid back on it. Shake it up. Put it in the freezer. Okay. I'm still and with you. That's it. That's it? Then pour that over ice. How long has it got to sit in the freezer? Overnight. It'll be ready by Sunday. Huh. And that's how you infuse? That's how you infuse. That, I mean, it's not the best way to do it, but we're, we're 48 hours from the race. This is, this is desperate times call for desperate measures. And, you know, the other thing that you can do is you can make some simple syrup, which is probably worth doing, mint simple syrup. Mint, simple syrup. This is very easy. Are you familiar with simple familiar, syrup? I'm not familiar. I could it's not do simple. this myself. Tell you me. take two cups of sugar. Okay. You put it in a saucepan. Okay. You also add one cup of water okay. to that. You bring it to... you. Bring it up to temperature so that the sugar dissolves. Do you mean like boiling? You don't. You don't need to boil it. What does to temperature mean? You just get. You, you turn the stove on. Okay. So you start to cook it. So there's bubbles, but not boiling. It doesn't have to be bubbles. Okay. You just need to get it enough that the sugar dissolves into the water. Okay, I'm with you now. So it's very easy. Okay, this okay. is like a one minute process. So you had to explain that thoroughly for people who don't know what bringing it to temperature means. Right. It's okay. a one minute process. You take that, and what well, my mic is too loud today. Uh, you bring that. The other thing you can do is you could take like a bunch of mint leaves yeah. that you buy at the store yeah. for two dollars, toss them in there, into and, it once you've got it raised to temperature. Yeah, after it comes down from it, it, right when it when you take it off the heat, toss the mint leaves in there. Put that whole thing in the fridge overnight. Okay. Okay. Or for an hour. Whatever. I love how so you cold. you fridge everything, but okay. So then you've got simple syrup, and you have all the simple syrup you need to make like a thousand cocktails. So now you've taken two ounces of bourbon out of your bourbon bottle. Okay. You're drinking it. Yeah. Okay, while you're making your simple syrup. Then you take an ounce of simple syrup and pour it back into that bottle Mm -hmm. along with additional mint leaves, and all of a sudden you've got got everything you need. There it is. That's a mint julep. You pour that over ice, put a couple of mint leaves on top to garnish. So does uh, a simple syrup, is it like a consistency of syrup? Like is it like a molasses? Yeah, yeah. I know. It's just like water. And what basically. do you do? Is put like a scoop into your drink to make like what's the proper mixing ratio? Do you know? Yeah, uh, just it's, it's to taste. Just a little bit. Whatever you prefer. It yeah. could be sweeter, it could be less. Yeah, a tablespoon okay, I got you. maybe in, in your drink. I think that covers Two all my questions. I am ready. I think I could do this by myself. So make some mint juleps this weekend. Send us uh you know, DM us your photos of your mint juleps at backdoor cover. That's Micah's recipe of the week. There it is. There's your cocktail of the week from Micah. <laughs> uh we'll be watching, we'll be drinking. I, I love it. I love all the bouginess. It's a great TV product. And, uh, I mean, it's stupid, and all these rich white people are so obnoxious. It's awesome that it's like a 12-hour party for like a 60-second race. Yes. That's awesome. You remember there was a party that we went to like three years ago, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, like three years ago. Maybe. And it was a... F- oh, is that where you uh, posted that picture? I'm your captain now with the hat on Yeah, the yeah. That was a great hat. We went to this party. party, and it was a Kentucky Derby party, and it started an hour after the race. The party did? Yeah, the party started at 6, and the race started at, like, 5.05. Yeah, that was ignorant. And I was like, who fucking came up with this? Like, we watched the party at somebody's house, and then went to the... Or we watched the race at the... It was a benefit, anyway, too. Don't do that. Yeah. And gamble. Gamble on this. Put some money down. Recklessly gamble. Take take tw- take $20, bring cash, and recklessly gamble. This weekend is for extremes. You need to get very drunk on mint julep and whatever sauce Micah just told you how to make, and gamble. 
Let's go. Vices. There's some breaking news. Danny Ainge, general manager of the Celtics, had a heart attack oh, no. today. He is apparently okay. Uh, expected to make a full recovery after a mild heart attack on Tuesday. Yikes. Wow. Uh, the playoffs are stressful. Uh, call our hotline, 800-392-6344. We had one call today, but it was from Will in Michigan, and I'm not going to play it. Uh, so 800-392-6344. Call the hotline. Why you got to pick on Will? Ask like us that? a question for Mind of Micah. Uh, if you have any dating tips for Boosh, you can leave them there, too. 800-392-6344. Brad, where can the people follow you on social media? Bradley B. Key on Instagram. Bradley Key on Twitter. You can follow Brad's trip to Denver on social media this weekend. You want to be a part of that. Yeah, last time I promised to make posts uh, wherever I went in that foreign country. You were in country. Mexico. I the didn't have service. service. It wasn't possible. Yeah, maybe I could actually make some posts. Maybe from the... Uh, yeah, and do some Instagram stories. Rockies Check out game, at stuff Bradley like that. B. Key. Follow me at Micah Weiner, M-I-C-A-H-W-I-E-N-E-R, where I will be at a bougie, bougie-ass uh, Kentucky Derby party on Saturday. Hot. And I will be updating the people. Um, check out Mind of Micah. Check out yesterday's episode. That's Oh, support our sponsors. Shouts to, uh, to my bookie, promo code BDC, uh, freeflyapparel.com. Uh, is... Freeflyapparel.com, use promo code BDC, yeah. and then harrys.com slash BDC. That's right. That's it. This has been a production of MWBK Creative and Sales. We're back next week. Mm, bye-bye. Thanks for listening.